But courting's a good thing. Yeah. Courting means you're winning. I'm not doing that like setting records. Oh, I just mean like winning in life. Oh. Welcome back, everybody, uh, to the Balance for Life podcast. We're happy to have you here. So happy. We're, we're excited to be here. Um, our goal here, our mission, our vision of this podcast is to inspire you, help you become a better person, become the best version of yourself that you can possibly be. And if you like what you hear, don't forget to like, follow, subscribe, join us on social media at balance for life podcast with the number four you can find us on facebook instagram tiktok uh twitter we're at adam and perry all spelled out correct yep and you can watch us on youtube just search balance for life and you'll find us yeah you can see all kinds of fun stuff if you're if you're watching already good for you if you're not go watch yeah you want to so tell us what our episode yeah, is. So let's, let's talk. Tell let's us what talk. we're going to talk about this episode. So it, it seems like one of the things that's a really hot topic lately, and, and maybe over the last few years, I think self-development, self-care, all that kind of stuff has really become a lot more mainstream over the last few years. And I think one of the biggest things that I've seen in that whole spectrum of of topics is boundaries mm -hmm. and, I, and I feel like the word boundaries is kind of thrown around a lot of places and it's kind of a buzzword yeah kind of a buzzword yeah. um and so I, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about today uh what that actually means mm -hmm. because I think a lot of times we get a little bit confused between setting healthy boundaries and maybe neglecting responsibilities. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like sometimes we use it as a way to avoid reality. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so kind of what I wanted to dive into today a little bit is that balance between prioritizing yourself, setting those healthy boundaries, which, um, proper boundaries, healthy boundaries, is a way that we can maintain our sanity, maintain our own mental health, and show respect to ourselves, mm -hmm. and also show respect to others. I feel like if we don't set those healthy boundaries, then we spread ourselves so thin that we're not actually giving our full attention in any one of those places. Um, but on the flip side of that, if we use those boundaries or if we call it boundaries and we use it as a way to avoid or neglect our our basic responsibilities or we use it as an excuse to avoid confrontation or maybe assert dominance over other people um i, I think it can become a real problem yeah and so that's that's kind of where i wanted to take it today that sounds good i think uh when I think of boundaries, I think about my childhood and, uh, you know, we were, we were basically taught help, help those in need, right? Like mm -hmm. help other people who need help almost at all costs. And 
Um, I think my family did a pretty good job of this, but boundaries weren't really a thing. I think sometimes at the expense of ourselves helping others. And um, I think it's awesome to help others. I'm not saying don't help other people. And I think you can use boundaries as an excuse to not help somebody else, Uh right? So you have to find that balance, find that fine line between, okay, is helping them actually going to help them? Is it going to hurt me? And if it's going to help them and it's not going to hurt you, help them out. That I think is kind of how you determine what that balance is, right? So we're going to talk about some of the ways uh, or the differences between healthy and unhealthy boundaries, Mm -hmm. how to, how to really figure out if you're setting a boundary that's good for you and for the other party involved and, uh, and and make sure you're not using it as an excuse to shirk your responsibilities. Right. Right. So I, I, and I think that just like you were saying, um, we talk about service. We talk about giving to others. And, and like you said, a lot of times, a lot of people are raised with this idea of help other people at all costs, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't matter whether you're in a position or or you're in a healthy place yourself, you, you give that help to others. And I think that can be a detriment to our own health. Um, one of the things that I've kind of heard commonly used in this whole topic of conversation is uh, the cup, right? Filling your own cup first. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of the idea of if my cup is empty, then I have nothing to give to you. And and mentally, emotionally, if, if we're drained, if we're exhausted, if we're always run down and we're trying to help other people, it's not coming from a place of love. It's coming from a place of resentment, almost. Yeah. And it's going to lead to those feelings of resentment. It's going to lead to those feelings of why me. It's going to lead to even more degradation of our own mental health. And so I think that's where those healthy boundaries come into play, is it can help us refill that cup so that we actually have something to give, and it comes from a place of love, and it comes from a place of respect. And so... I think the first thing that we want to talk about here is that big difference between what is healthy boundaries and compared to the avoidance behaviors, mm-hmm. right? So we want to we want to talk about healthy versus unhealthy. So setting healthy boundaries basically just means that we're placing limitations on the effects of other people and the environment and things that are happening around us and the effect that that's going to have on us. Mm-hmm. It, it's a way for us to limit outside factors being able to affect our own mental health. On the flip side of that, the, the unhealthy behaviors, the avoidance behaviors, is basically just refusing to accept somebody else's belief and calling it boundaries, or mm-hmm. refusing to accept somebody else's opinion and, and calling it boundaries. Basically, the idea or or the concept of these unhealthy boundaries and what we see so often nowadays is just avoiding reality altogether. People just don't want to face conflict. They don't Mm want to, they don't want to accept that somebody might believe differently than they do Mm -hmm. and that that's okay. And so they use boundaries so-called as a way to avoid that reality that we don't always disagree on everything. Right. As humans, we're not supposed to. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Um, let's look at some situations where, or some examples, right? Okay. So let's talk about um, at home. I think with your family, you have to have some boundaries, right? You can't uh, have no me time. You have to have some me time, mm -hmm. right? Um, but then there's also the the opposite side or the opposite extreme of, okay, so you can have too much me time, right? Yeah. Like you're not actually maybe helping out with the chores at all. You're not helping with dishes. You're not, you know, you're never participating in preparing meals or getting children ready for school or whatever that might look like in your family. That could be one side of like, oh, I have boundaries. And so I, you know, I can't help with this because I need me time. Yeah. Um, on the flip side of that, there are people who never have me time, right? They don't have any boundaries. And, and so it's, you know, no matter how they're feeling or what they're trying to accomplish, if somebody else in the family needs help with something that they're going to drop everything and, and do that. So how do we have kind of that balance there at home? Yeah. And, um, I think one of the ways we can do that is to, uh, schedule, schedule time. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, one of the things that we do in our family is we do this maybe about 75% of the time. It's, it's actually something new. So we're still trying to make it a habit. Okay. But on Sunday evenings, we get together and we have a family council mm -hmm. and the bulk of it is talking about our schedule for the upcoming week. So, for example, we talk about when we're going to have band practice. Mm -hmm. And so my wife and my kids know when I'm having band practice. And unless there's some sort of emergency, like nothing is going to pull me away from band practice, right? And we make sure that it doesn't conflict with something that, you know, that I, is more important with my family. Right. And then we talk about when they have soccer practice and gymnastics and uh drama and whatever they have going on. So we have these schedules, we line them up and that lets us know when we have time where, okay, I can do what I want to do here. I can take some me time here. Yeah. And, I, and I feel like that's a really good thing. And we've tried to do the family councils in my family as well. We don't, we don't have a set time. I, mm -hmm. I've tried to look at our schedules um, and, and schedule a time and we need to get better at that. Mm -hmm. uh, like you, it's, it's kind of a new thing for us. Um, and so I've, I've tried to do it, but we have sat down as a family several times and we'll talk about boundaries and we'll talk about some of those same things. And I, I think that's a really good way to set a boundary mm -hmm. and, and to say, okay, this is my time and nobody's going to take that away from because because I need it, right? Yeah. I need band practice. Mm -hmm. I need exercise time. I need journaling time. I need reading time. I need whatever it is. Um, that's and so that's a good thing. That's a good thing to take that me time. I think when we take it too far, as I I think there's a lot of different ways that we can look at it in our home life, right? As parents, I feel like sometimes we just use that as an excuse to not get down and play with our kids. Right. You know, I, I think there are definitely most parents I think do a pretty good job of, of trying to find that balance. And I think most parents don't, don't want to think that they neglect their kids. Right. Um, but I know I found myself even at times I'm just, I'm, I'm 
exhausted from the day. I don't really want to get down on the floor. I just, yeah, I just go home and I sit in my chair and I'll pull up Tetris or I'll pull up mm -hmm. a Sudoku puzzle on my phone and I sit and I play on my phone. And the next thing I know, an hour has gone by and I literally have not even paid attention to my kids. Yeah. And I think that's where that avoidance comes into play. If we're, if we're sitting there playing on our phone for hours at a time, while our kids are running around wanting our attention, I think that's avoidance. Yeah. Right. I, I think that there's, there, there needs to be the balance there. You've got to have some time to wind down, but then you also need to be focusing on mm -hmm. kids. Um, on the flip side of that, you know, I look at moms, especially moms are really good at, uh, not prioritizing themselves. Yeah. I, I see it in my wife all the time. She uh -huh. she does laundry, she cooks, she cleans, she chauffeurs kids around, she does mm -hmm. all the things. And a lot of times at the end of the day, I'll say, well, what have you done for yourself? And she's like, nothing. Mm -hmm. You know, from, from the time she wakes up until the time she goes to bed, it's all just yeah. focusing on other people. And so I, I think there's got to be that balance there of, you have to break that up. You have to find that time for you, whether that's going to the gym every day or uh, a side hustle so that you can get out, you know, working a job so that you can get away and, and spend some time with other people and interacting with other people. I feel like those are all mm -hmm. ways that you can bring that to a healthier perspective. Definitely. And I think part of setting boundaries in your home is respecting other people's boundaries. Absolutely. And that's a, especially as co-parents. And I realize that not everybody's fortunate enough to be in that situation. You know, it's, it's harder for single parents. So mm -hmm. if you're a single parent listening to this, I, this advice isn't going to apply to you, but I, I still think that you have to just find that time and, and, you know, figure out how to make it work. But, um, you know, my wife and I both try really hard to let each other have their boundaries. We can tell, you know, I can mm -hmm. tell when she just needs like to escape and I'll, I'll, you know, take over and do everything for bedtime sometimes. Yeah. And then, you know, likewise, sometimes I'll feel guilty about being on my phone, playing a game, you know, while she's finishing bedtime, maybe I've helped for a little bit and then I just check out on accident, you know, and then I realize and I start feeling guilty and, but you know, she, she notices that she's like, okay, he needs that a little bit right now. Yeah. And, you know, regarding that, I think, you know, you're not saying never play your phone, right? Never ignore your kids. Yeah. It shouldn't be a constant thing, right? Like exactly. If, there might be times where you just you just need that for a few minutes. Yeah, you need you, to ignore your kids. You, you need to get away from the noise. Like you just you just need to calm your own mind. Right. And that's a good thing. And I think, you know, we can use things like exercise and mm -hmm. going to the gym. I think going to the gym exercising is a good thing. It's mm -hmm. healthy. It's it's exercise. It's focusing on you. It's it's physical. It's emotional. It's all of the things that we talk about. But if you're spending eight hours a day in the gym, if you're there three times a day, or if you if you use the gym as a way to avoid your responsibilities as a parent or as a spouse, mm -hmm. that's too much. Right. Um, and I think it can be with anything like, like going to the gym is a good thing. Mm -hmm. Too much is too much. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like that's where we need to find that balance. And I think another way at our homes as children, 
right? We, we grow up, we're taught all these things. And I, I think a lot of times we don't know how as, as children to set boundaries with our parents. And yeah. even as adult children, mm-hmm. sometimes it's really hard. I think yeah. it's even harder as adult children to set those boundaries right. and be able to say, you know what? I don't. I'm making this decision. I don't need yeah. advice on it. <laughs> I, I, I am an adult. I can make my decision. I don't. I don't need to be parented anymore. You've taught me right. what's right. And now it's my turn to go make that decision. Mm-hmm. And if we can do that out of a position of love and respect, mm-hmm. it it helps to create a more healthy relationship. Mm-hmm. Right? And I think too often we get into the unhealthy attachments with our parents. Yeah. And it's it's really hard to break that cycle. Mm-hmm. And so I think that setting those boundaries and saying uh, you know, I'm not going to let you affect my mental health anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to let you bring me down. I'm not going to let you control me anymore as a parent. We need to we need to have some separation. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a good thing as well. I, I think one more example that I want to talk about in the home, I think is a really clear example that any parent can relate to, is bedtime. Bedtime mm-hmm. is a boundary that is set for multiple reasons. It's set for the health of your child Mm -hmm. because if they don't get enough sleep, they're not going to be as healthy as if they do. It's also set for our mental health, Mm -hmm. right? So their physical health, our mental health, because as parents, we do need some time away from them. Yeah. And the majority of the time away from them should be after they're in bed, not, you know, before. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying there should never be time away from them before, like that you should never lock yourself in the bathroom for 20 minutes <laughs> and play on your phone. What? Uh, but nobody ever right, does but that. But I think that's one of the reasons why children need more sleep yeah. than adults. I'm just going out on a limb and guessing at this, but okay. I think one of the reasons is so that adults can have some time away from their children because it is physically draining and mentally draining, emotionally draining to raise another human being yeah you know what so on on that note i I would like to see if there's any scientists listening yes i'd like to see the research yeah if you can do the research on that let us know or if you've already done it if you've already done the research on that because i agree i think well yeah i I think because we do have you know a, a little bit of time and and for me one of the things that i was thinking about is when i get home from work between the time I get home on, well, but between the time that I get home on days that I'm working or on days that I don't work when the kids get home from school, between then and bedtime is pretty limited. Mm-hmm. And so if you think about it in a 24-hour day, if I'm only in the same vicinity as my kids for five hours, mm-hmm. But I say I'm going to take three of those hours for myself. Mm-hmm. I think that's going overboard. Right. So I, I think that's where we can find some of that balance. I think you're 100% right. It doesn't need to be when we should be focusing on our kids. Because there's, if, if let's see, so I get home from work about 5 o'clock typically mm-hmm. on days that I work. My kids go to bed between 8 and 10. So because they're all different three, ages. Yeah. yeah. They're all different ages, so they go to bed at different times. Um, but usually by about 10, 11 o'clock, they're all 
done and in bed. Mm -hmm. And so by, you know, in that time, I maybe have five hours, three mm -hmm. with some of them, right? Because the younger kids go to bed at eight o'clock, eight thirty. Mm -hmm. And so by the time I get home from work, I might only have three to three and a half hours with them. Mm -hmm. So if I take time away from that short amount of time that I already have, that's not a very healthy relationship yeah. with kids. You shouldn't be making up that time at 11 o'clock at night, yeah. right? So you have to maximize that time while you have it. And um, one of the things that we do, you know, similar situation we have, we have two older children and then a little bit of a gap and a younger child mm -hmm. and our older children don't go to sleep when we put them to bed and we're okay with that. You know, right. we, we put them to bed, uh, you know, part of their bedtime routine is winding down. Mm -hmm. And so we let them read while yeah. they're in bed. And that's kind of their big thing right now is they'll read for like an hour after bed, you know, at bedtime yeah. before they go to sleep. And, but you know, that hour still gives us, gives us time away from them. And Rachel and I have been pretty strict with bedtime. Like, I think it's more me than Rachel too, because I like, I really need that time. So yeah. my kids come up the stairs half an hour after I put them to bed and they're like, Oh, I'm, I'm hungry. You know, it's like, no, you're not. You're just coming up with excuses to try to not go to bed, you know? Yeah. And I think it's, I think it's okay to be firm. Like it's hard to do it. You yeah. know, it makes you feel bad and you feel guilty, but I think it's okay to say you don't need anything right now. You need to go to sleep. That's what you need. Yeah. And as we, as we did that earlier on, like four or five years old, we're still doing a little bit with our five-year-old. But, um, as you do that earlier on, once they get older, it's like automatic, you know, our two older children, for the most part, like we say, go to bed and then they get ready for bed and they go to bed. And like, yeah. and then they, they don't come up unless there's, you know, they threw up or something. So, right. Right. So I feel like one of the biggest things with that, um, setting boundaries in your home, I feel like one of the biggest things is to set and stick to the expectation. Mm -hmm. So like you said, be firm. Mm -hmm. You don't need to be aggressive. You don't need to be dominant. Be firm, set the expectation. Eight o'clock is bedtime. Mm -hmm. You, if you choose to spend an hour winding down and go to sleep at nine o'clock, that's your choice. But at eight o'clock, you're in your room, in your bed, and and that's an expectation that we have. Mm -hmm. And so I think as parents, that's one of the best things we can do for our kids is to show them those expectations, set those boundaries. And that way, if they do come up a half an hour later, we can say, look, you know what time bedtime is. Mm -hmm. You know that eight o'clock is bedtime. And you can have time after that in your room to wind down, but you don't come out of your room after eight o'clock. And so if they do, well, if you were hungry, why didn't you get something to eat before eight o'clock? Right. Why didn't you get a drink before eight o'clock? Get a bottle of water and take it into bed with you. Mm -hmm. Things like that. So I feel like that's where we can set those expectations and, and stick to those. And at some point they'll catch on. Mm -hmm. And we can say, look, you know the expectation, you know this boundary, you understand what our house rules are, and that's what we're sticking yeah. to. And at, at dinner time, we do mention like pretty much every night, are you sure you're done? You're yeah. not going to be hungry in an hour and a half when it's time for bed. And even as part of the bedtime routine, a lot of times what, with our youngest, what we'll do is 
okay, are you still hungry? Do you need a banana? Do you need a piece of bread? You know? Right. And uh, so basically the rule is once you're in your room for bedtime, like we've said goodnight, you can't be hungry. <laughs> so you're, you're in your room at that point. So a, a lot of boundaries that we can set in our homes, I mm -hmm. think, in, in every aspect, as parents, as children, as siblings, as spouses, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes we need that time apart to kind of focus on ourselves so that we can bring our whole self to the relationship. And so I think a lot of places in our homes, we can set those healthy boundaries. And I think that we've given some examples of how to set healthy boundaries mm -hmm. and what's the difference between healthy boundaries and avoidance. Mm -hmm. And and so another aspect of life that I think we can look at is our work. Yeah, I think that there's kind of a, a fine line, maybe not so fine of a line, but a, a very solid line between being a yes person mm -hmm. and just saying yes to everything, um, which I think there's a time and a place for. I, I think that saying yes opens you up to possibilities that you probably wouldn't have had otherwise. Yes. And and every every activity or every assignment that you take on and that you can do is going to give you opportunities to grow and to develop. On the flip side of that, there are people who say no to everything. Yeah. And they call it boundaries. And so we say no to everything, but then what are you actually doing? Right. You're, you're limiting yourself. You're not giving yourself any opportunities to grow. And so I think that's where we need to find the balance between, yeah, we need to be saying yes to things. Mm -hmm. We need to be accepting new opportunities. We need to be accepting new assignments because that's how we challenge ourselves. That's how we grow. But we don't need to say yes to everything. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we start saying yes to too many things and we spread our energy so thin that we can't actually give our whole energy to anything. Mm -hmm. And so we're just kind of doing a mediocre job of 10 different things instead of picking three of those or five of those right? and focusing more energy on and doing an excellent job. I think saying no at work, especially to like a supervisor is really hard. Yeah. Um, I mean, I feel like every time my supervisor says, hey, what do you think about having this call with this customer that's not your customer? It's going to give you extra practice. Or what do you think about, uh, you know, we need to do a project, like an extra project, building out training materials or, mm -hmm. or whatever. It's, it's not in your job description. I think every time I'm asked that, I, I worry that if I say no, if I say I feel like I have too much on my plate, that, uh, you know, it's, it's, doesn't look good. Right. right. And I think if you do it too much, then sure, it doesn't look good. Like yeah. you're not willing to go above and beyond. You're not willing to do extra. So why would we promote you? Um, but at the same time, I think, um, I think most bosses will respect you for from time to time, you know, saying, I don't think I can handle that project right now Absolutely. because I'm doing this extra project and I'm working on this and, you know, right. in addition to my main responsibilities. So as long as, as you are putting forth the effort and you're, you know, doing extra, I, I think that's something that most people will, will respect. Right. Well, and I think too, as a leader, I, I mean, this is a whole separate topic that we could get to is leadership and uh -huh. 
leader versus manager. Mm-hmm. Right? I think if we look at the manager perspective of that, somebody saying no is almost like a personal attack mm-hmm. to that person. Um, but a leader would be able to look at that and take that into perspective and say, and, and have respect for you for saying no. Yeah. And, and have respect for you for setting boundaries and sticking to your boundaries and, and have respect for you saying, I need to focus more energy on the things that I'm already doing mm-hmm. so that I can do a better job at those things. And then maybe once I'm done with one or two of those, then I can take on additional responsibilities. Right. So like you said, I think there's, there's times when we do need to take on those additional projects because we need the extra practice. Like you said, taking calls, right? Participating in a call that's not with your customer to get the extra practice. Yeah. Or taking on an assignment that's outside of our regular job duties shows versatility. Mm-hmm. It shows that we're expanding and that we're growing. And so I think there is a time when we need to show those things as long as it's not spreading us too thin. Right. And, and so I think that a, good leaders can recognize that as well. I would also say if you're working at a company that praises people who put in 70 to 80 hours a week, then that might not be a good yeah. company to work for. Yeah. I've, I've been in that situation where it's like, you know, you basically only got praised if you worked extra hours and you were seen at work. Like the last person at work was, was the best worker, you right. know? Um, and I've worked at other places where a, a balance between work and home life was was more what was praised. Right. And uh, I think that's that's the right attitude to have because you know, look, if you work seventy hours one week because you know you had some extra things you had to finish and some deadlines, that's one thing, and that that can be a good thing, and that shows that you're willing to work hard and work a little bit extra if you need to. But uh, you know, if I here in a job interview that like, you know, we, we really value working extra hours every week, then that's a job that I don't want. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I totally can agree with that. I think, um, I I can't remember which company it was, but I heard about a company at one point and this may have been years ago. I can't even remember when it was, but, um, company had restructured and it, it originally was one of those kind of companies that, People were putting in 70, 80, 90 hours a week. Nobody was getting promoted. Nobody was getting raises. Nobody was getting recognition. It was just expected that you were going to do this extra work. And as a leader, one of the things that you need to be aware of is if you're taking that time away from that employee's family or their Mm -hmm. personal life or them being able to refill their cup, then really how good is that employee to you? Right. You know, if, if you're bringing 10 employees to work who are exhausted and run down because they're only getting five or six hours of sleep a night Mm -hmm. and they're working 16 hour days. Really, you can do the same thing with five employees getting enough sleep and managing their personal lives and and that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff. And so I think as, as a leader, you need to be aware of that and you need to recognize when am I creating a detriment to myself so this company restructured they got new leadership and um, they they actually set a rule where an employee's bonus or raises or some incentive package was 
uh, one of the determining factors was if you were staying past 5.30 or mm -hmm. whatever quitting time was. And if you, if your time clock showed that you clocked in before starting time or at, you clocked out after quitting time, then that actually gave you a hit on your bonus because yeah. they recognized that that time outside of work was so valuable to those employees mm -hmm. and so valuable to them having the energy to do a better job at work mm -hmm. that they actually made it a negative thing if you clocked in before or clocked out after yeah. business hours. Right. And I think that's, that's huge as a company to be able to recognize that. For sure. How do we how do we set healthy boundaries? I, I feel like maybe we've talked about a lot of this already, but yeah. um, you know, boundaries are, are a way to help us be in control of our emotions. Our emotional health is really dependent on us getting getting some of that me time of not stretching ourselves too thin, exhausting ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so so we have to we have to place those limitations in order for I think our physical health, our emotional health, our, our mental health, right? Yeah. Um and so it's, it's really important that we do that for our own health. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about disagreements a little bit. Yeah. So, you know, because I think setting boundaries doesn't mean that you don't have disagreements with somebody because, oh, this is, this is my boundary, so we can't yeah. discuss it. Yeah. Right? My, my boundary is I'm not going to accept that you have a different opinion than me. I'm just going to walk away yeah. from any disagreements. Exactly. I th so this is another thing that in, in my childhood, like having disagreements wasn't something that I really learned. And one of the things my wife learned in her child development uh, degree um, at college is that it is healthy for children to see their parents mm -hmm. argue mm -hmm. in a healthy way. So, you know, obviously like name calling and, and swearing and yelling, yeah. like that's not a healthy way of arguing, but children need to see their parents have disagreements in a healthy way. And so, um, that's something I'm always keeping in mind because Rachel and I don't have disagreements very often. Mm -hmm. I, we, we just, we get along really well and it's not like we, we don't have disagreements behind our backs, you know? Yeah. So, um, you know, one of the things that we try to do is have discussions about something that we aren't, on, you know, on, an, on agreement on in front of our children mm -hmm. or even involve them in that conversation. Sometimes like we're trying to figure out what we're going to have for dinner and you know, there's multiple opinions. Right. And we have to figure that out. So being able to have, um, you know, healthy discussions and disagreements is really important. Right. So one of the things that strikes me at this point is growing up, I rarely saw my parents disagree. Yeah. I, I mean, some people call it, call it arguing, some people call it fighting, some people call it discussing, I, whatever you call it. I rarely saw it from my parents. And so when, when I first got married, and Emily and I have talked about this several times, it was really hard for me if we ever argued yeah. about anything. And every time we would argue, I would think that it was over. Yeah. <laughs> that our marriage was ending because we just couldn't get along. And one of the things that I've learned over 18 years of marriage, 19 years of being together, um, 
one of the things that I've learned is it is impossible to take two people from completely different backgrounds mm -hmm. and put them together and expect them to agree on everything. Yeah. If, and, and something else that I heard, and I can't remember where I heard this either, but if, if somebody that you call a friend always agrees with you, mm -hmm. they're not a very good friend. Right. Because the truth is, we don't always agree. Yeah. Sometimes we think differently. Mm -hmm. That might be because of the way we were raised. might be because of what we've learned or what we've seen. We all have different experiences, and our experiences shape our beliefs. And we're not always going to agree. And so if somebody always agrees with you, that might not be... I mean, obviously, it's they're going to still be a friend. Mm -hmm. But they're not going to be a close... They're not going to push you. They're not going to push you. They're not going to challenge you. Yeah, and so, and so one of the things that I've... I've learned over this 18 years is every time that we disagree on something, I try and use that to grow. Like you said, it challenges my perspective, challenges mm -hmm. my views, challenges my beliefs. And so when I meet somebody or I talk to somebody who believes differently than I do, I listen. Mm -hmm. And I try and hear what they have to say. And I may not agree with them. I may not change my belief. But I listen to them. Mm -hmm. And I try and maybe challenge the way that I think. Because if, if their experience is different, obviously their experience is still valid. Mm -hmm. And so if they've experienced life in a different way than I have, that's a way that I can open up my mind and see that, hey, the world isn't always the way that I see it. Right. So I, I think that's a, that's something that we need to be aware of. And so, like you said, I've, I've tried to be a lot more open with our disagreements to show our kids that it's healthy. And, and with my parents, I don't know that they were trying to hide anything from us yeah. or, or if they just like you and Rachel didn't disagree on a lot of things, yeah. just really got along on a lot of things. Um, but I, I, I've tried really hard in our relationship in with our kids to to show them that it is okay, that it's healthy, that it's okay to disagree, and that it's okay to debate mm -hmm. and and have a healthy discussion on things, and then you can still be partners, yeah. and you can compromise, and you can come to an agreement of sorts on, okay, well, this is what I believe, or this is what you believe, or this is how we were raised, and this is what our parents did. So let's maybe take the best of both of those worlds mm -hmm. and put it into, now, How? what are we going to do, right? right? So maybe whatever my parents might have set as expectations and her parents might have set as expectations, what did we like and what yeah. didn't we like, and let's use that let's to, make it our own. to make our own mm -hmm. family boundaries. And so I think that that's a, that's a good way to um, to grow and to build a new perspective yeah. on life. Agreed. So I think it's it's healthy. So if, so for parents out there, it's it's okay for your kids to see. I, I think I've heard. I think in like the seventies and eighties and even in the nineties, one of the big things was parents shouldn't ever let their kids see them fight. Right. And so I I think that that that's a lot of 
what our generation kind of grew up with is mm-hmm. not seeing our parents argue because hey it's it's not healthy for your kids to see you fight they shouldn't see that that we mm-hmm. want to protect them from that but really what are you protecting them from right right you're, all you're teaching them is that it's not healthy for adults to disagree on things and so right. then they get into relationships themselves and if there's a disagreement they're like oh well i can't be with this person because they don't agree with me. yeah so you're going to have conflicts you need to learn to resolve them. exactly seeing it seeing an, a healthy way of doing it growing up is really uh, a, an important part of that uh, you know those ever uh, arrows in your quiver errors mm-hmm. <laughs> in your quiver. exactly i feel like we've got a lot of information that we've talked about today. yeah and so one of the things, and I think we've already kind of touched on this a lot, but I, I wanted to talk about maybe some specific examples of what setting healthy boundaries looks like. Yeah. And and how to create those healthy boundaries, establish them, be firm with them, and not take it too far. Yeah. Right? So at home, making yourself a priority. I think you guys do a great job of that with, with having your family counsel. You set the expectation, you set mm-hmm. the boundary that, say, Monday night at 7 o'clock is band practice. Mm-hmm. And so Monday night at 7 o'clock, it's non-negotiable. Unless there is a major emergency, mm-hmm. that nothing is going to take you away from that, mm-hmm. right? And I think you said at one point Rachel was doing horse riding lessons. Is she still doing that? Not right now, but, oh. you know, she does book club from time okay. to time, and she does game night with, with ladies in the neighborhood, and, you know, she has her own thing, so um, it might not be every week, but, but yeah. she has something similar that she goes out and does, and that's part of her mm-hmm. time. And it's and it's non-negotiable. Yeah. And, and unless there's a major emergency, she does that. Right. And so I think and that dad's that's... dad's going to tuck you in whether you like it or not that yep. night. <laughs> um, and, you know, something that we do in my family is I... I actually enjoy doing bedtime with my kids. I have my my oldest is fifteen now. Can't believe that. <laughs> She'll be sixteen in February, and ever since she was a baby, I've done bedtime. I, I always do. I love that time with my kids. I I get to tuck them in. We we've gone through phases where we might sing songs, we might say prayers, we might do whatever. We don't have necessarily a set routine at bedtime, but I. I love that time with them and mom gets to sit down, yeah. relax and not have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that establishing those boundaries, make yourself a priority. One of the things that I've had to tell my wife is nobody else is going to make you a priority. Mm-hmm. You have to do that. Right. Right. Everybody, unfortunately, say unfortunately, but maybe it's not necessarily unfortunately, but the human race most people are going to be out for themselves. Yeah. And that's just the way it is. It's it, for better or worse, people are going to be looking out for themselves. And so if you are not making yourself a priority, nobody else is going to do it for you. Right. And you're going to be allowing, I think we talked about the thermometer and thermostat. Mm-hmm. You're going to be allowing all these outside things to control your actions and control your emotions mm-hmm. you have to make yourself a priority and that means mm-hmm. you set your time you set band practice she sets game nights my wife does uh well she she used to go to the rec center she's had some health problems but she used to go and, and exercise she'd go swimming she'd do spin class 
And that was her time. And she goes with one of her friends and they go and they try and do it every week. If they miss one week or they can't do it, then, then they can't, but, but they try and make it happen on a regular basis. And that's their time. And they go and I take care of everything at home and, and you have to make yourself a priority. Um, so all of those things, the self care, the meditation have to be a priority. Mm-hmm. And that's, you have to say, this is me. This is my time. Mm-hmm. And nobody's going to take it away. We're taking me. a bath right now. So figure it out on your own. Yep. Or go to dad or yep. mom or whoever's. Yeah. So at work, just a, a couple maybe quick tips. We talked about saying no. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, making yourself say no in a tactful way. I, I don't think I can handle this project on top of what I'm already doing. Yeah. Um, that can be really important. Uh, a couple of other tips. I think blocking out times in your schedule to exercise real fast mm-hmm. um, or take a walk, right? So sometimes what I'll do, I finished a call, wrapped up my notes. Okay, I need to get away from my computer for five minutes. I'm just going to take the dogs on a walk or I'm going to, um, I don't know, go play a video game for five, 10 minutes, like, right. Do a couple levels on Mario or whatever. Now, as long as you're not like letting that pull you into that for hours at a time. Right. right? If you're, if you're really taking like a 10 minute break, I work at home. So that's why I'm, you know, I'm sharing examples like of things you can do from home. Um, but even when I worked in an office, one of the things that we would do is, uh, my team would just say, all right, who wants to go on a walk? And three or four of us, whoever could, would just take a walk outside if the weather was nice. And if yeah. it wasn't, we'd just walk around the inside the building, you know? And so just, you, you can, don't be afraid to just take a little bit of time away from work to re- recharge and regenerate for a few minutes. A lot of uh, companies around here have ping pong tables and foosball tables and mm-hmm. things like that. You can just take a quick break, but scheduling that in can be really helpful too. Absolutely. Uh, I think on, on that similar note though, there is, there's a lot of research out mm-hmm. about, I, I just call it focused work, mm-hmm. um, but where you set a timer for, say, 30 minutes, and during that 30 minutes, you don't look at your phone, you don't look at Facebook, you don't change anything on your computer, you pick a project and you focus 100% on that for 30 minutes, mm-hmm. and then you set a timer for five minutes. And during that five minutes, you get up and walk around, you use the bathroom, you check your phone, you check your messages, whatever. And then after that five minutes is up, then you do 30 minutes of focus mm-hmm. work. And there's, you, you can expand that time so people can do it up to like an hour and a half and then 10 yeah. minute breaks or whatever, whatever works for you. But just setting a timer and breaking it up into... Okay, for this 30 minutes, I'm going to focus because all too often, we like to call it multitasking, Mm -hmm. um, but multitasking is really just distractions. Yeah, and it's doing more than one thing not very well. Exactly, (laughs) and so so you might look at what you've done over the course of an eight-hour day, and you're like, oh, well, I did like five hours of actual work today Mm -hmm. because you've been distracted during the whole time. But if you do 30 minutes of focus work, you can get like I, I've had times when I can get as much work done in 30 minutes mm-hmm. of focused work 
as I can in a couple hours right. of distracted work. Yeah. And so that's that's a good way that you can chunk out those breaks, set those boundaries, and get work done. For sure. So I think that's a good thing. Yeah, hopefully those are some good tips for you. Hopefully you've learned something that, uh, you know, can help you yeah. get better at setting boundaries in your life. Yes. Boundaries are good. Boundaries are good. Mm -hmm. We want we want to make sure that's clear that we're, we're looking for balance. Mm -hmm. We're looking for the balance between healthy boundaries and avoiding reality. Mm -hmm. um, so just like everything else, we want to find that balance. All right. So our challenge for this week is to create space for you. Um, create me time. Find that hour at the gym. Schedule it. Have your family counsel block out time to focus on you and, and make that a priority and set a boundary. Just, it, it can be any boundary, but identify whether the boundary that you're setting is a healthy boundary or whether you're just trying to avoid conflict or avoid reality or avoid your responsibilities and set a boundary on something and create a space for you to be a priority in your own life. Love yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great challenge. Okay. So uh, thank you again for listening. Don't forget to leave us a review. Hopefully five stars. Let yeah. us know how we're doing. Yeah. Give us the feedback. We love feedback. We like to hear what you guys think. Mm -hmm. if there's topics that you want to discuss. Um, we're trying to get new episodes out every week. Uh, sometimes we don't get them every week, but we're trying to get them out weekly on Mondays. Yeah, you can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, uh, Google. So just wherever you listen to your podcasts, yeah. that's where you're you can, listening to us right now. You can probably find us. And uh, make sure you join us next time, next week, hopefully. And we'll, we'll have another great discussion about... Yeah, um, we're going to talk about how sometimes you have to sacrifice something that you want for something that you want more. It's going to be good. Yep. They're all good. They're all good. They're this all one's going to be the best one we've ever done, though. Sweet. So tune in. Okay. <laughs> See you next time.